I, I think it's more about being genuine and honest and showing up more than having something good to say. Yeah. 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 They're not expecting you in one message to just be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm good now. Like almost like the therapist, right? Like they're not going to be able to say anything in that moment to where the clouds completely part and you're like, okay, I'm good now. Like that's just not going to happen. But I I remember I reached a point as I was going through therapy where I'm I'm like, cause at at first it was, I can't do this. I just want to die. And then I moved into like, you could see it like, okay, this is actually doable. Like I can endure this. You can see it, but then it's the last step is, okay, I'm going to start that journey. Whatever your situation is currently is not your forever situation. That's really what real business owners is, man. Like we don't care where you come from. Where are you going? Our goal and our job is to reduce the mistakes that you have to make or the money that you have to lose. You want to be an entrepreneur, you want to be successful, don't give up. You learn, adjust, and continue to move forward. Welcome back to the Real Business Owners Podcast with myself, Trevor Cowley. As usual, Kel Goodman. Yeah, what's up? Guys, we have a guest today, Mason Sawyer. Um, Mason's story is definitely unique in regards to the fact that nobody's probably had to go through some of the things that he's had to go through. Um, there's a lot of lessons with inside of his story in terms of perspective, right? Um, I believe pain brings a whole different perspective, and I would guess you would vouch your cosign for that statement, right? Yeah, um, pain's the best. Yeah, and the worst. And the worst, it's right? Yeah. But it yeah. probably makes you look at the world a lot differently after you go through something as tragic as what you've had to go through, right? Sure, yeah. Yeah, so you have a, a podcast, the 1090 podcast, where it's, 10% of what happens to you, 90% how you respond to the situation, right? Couldn't have said it any better. There you go. Well, maybe I'll be your new uh, <laughs> yeah, promoter, you know? <laughs> so if you pay me right, you know, no, we, can, we, we can do some deals, dude. You know, your I'll co-host, pay, your promoter. Uh, I'll pay you in Mountain Dews, dude, <laughs> yeah, and I'll do right. air guitar with you. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about your story. Um, so I, I grew up, loved basketball. That's all I did with my life until I met this girl named Courtney when I was 15. I always viewed girls as like a distraction from basketball. Like, so don't do it, man. So what, you were going to go pro and that was going to be your thing and you're like, of course. Yeah. Dude, I actually remember I thought I, I was actually a pretty good little basketball player. Like I'd kick ass on the playground and stuff. And I remember like, I am going to the NBA. Like it's going to happen. Did you have posters all over your room oh, of all the basketball the players? Whole thing. The Michael Jordan one <laughs> where I remember, going like this. Oh, dude, I still have that somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, Did you grow up here in Utah? Oh yeah. Was yeah. you gotta had you had to have the old Stockton. Everyone was cheering for the Jazz, and I was all about Mike. But, oh, uh, were you? But I remember I was probably like seventh. How old are you in the seventh grade? Like thir- 13, 13, 12? Yeah. yeah. And my AAU team goes to Florida for like this national tournament, and like. I just got my ass kicked. And I remember like flying back, yeah. like, okay, I don't think I can play in the NBA, but maybe I can play college ball. <laughs> <laughs> That's when the doubt started. Yeah, so, but like reality hit me, I'm like, okay, like, wow, not very good. Yeah, yeah I won a state championship I, I, at baseball when I was 13. Yeah. And then we went and played the other states. We thought we were hot shit. Uh-huh. And it was like nineteen to one. Yeah, dudes were like six one throwing uh, heaters. Dude, we were just levels, like, man. let's just have fun at the hotel and exactly. t- use this as a kid vacation. You know, exactly. So, <laughs> basketball is my life. Uh, and then I meet this girl when I'm fifteen named Courtney, and we just, you know, I just feel all the feelings for her, and we start dating. We go to every school dance together through high school. We, our senior year, we won the award most likely to marry your high school sweetheart. Like we were just that type yeah. of couple. Like yeah. everyone at the school knew it. What city did you grow up in? West Jordan, dude. Yeah. Speaking of state championships, we won a state championship in two thousand nine. Okay. Uh, nice. So yeah, we were beat, you a part of it? Of course, I was the starting point guard. There you go. Believe it or not, <laughs> okay. the star, bro. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> The leading so, scorer. Nah, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> He's going to start fabricating. Yeah, leading. Oh, yeah, I was, stay uh, yeah. leading scorer. I was going to go pro, and then I blew my knee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you know. And then both knees. And, and then, then my ankles. Yeah, and you know exactly. how it goes. The Clippers were talking to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I met her, and um, so then I serve an LDS mission. She, she waits for me for two years. She writes wow. me three letters a week, and I 
That don't happen no more, though. No, yeah, so she... They're gone for two weeks, and then they got a new she, one. Exactly. You know? So she waits for me. We come back. We get married, and uh, I'm I'm getting like I'm good enough to play college ball, like I wanted to, mm. and so I get a scholarship to Utah Tech. It used to be Dixie State. Um, so we get married. I go play basketball at Dixie State. Courtney gets into the nursing program there. We have our first kid, Riggins. My what year is this? This is 2016, so this is my senior year at Dixie. We have our first kid. Having a kid playing college basketball is not ideal, by the way. Very difficult. Um, We have our first kid. I I graduate. Courtney graduates the nursing program. We end up moving back north, and I get the the head coaching job at my old high school. So I'm the head basketball coach there. Courtney's a nurse. And then we have two more kids. We have Blue. I'm from Utah, so we have weird names for our kids. Yeah. just how it is. But yeah. So we had Riggins, and then we had Blue, and then we had our daughter, Frankie. And just had it all, dude. Had a, the job I wanted as a basketball coach, beautiful wife, kids. And then I get a phone call one day from Nets on Fire here in St. George. And they're like, hey, uh, we want you to be our basketball Director, director, or like that. I yeah. didn't even know it was a real job, yeah. but it was basically my dream job. They're like, "Hey, we want you to come train players, help us put AAU teams together, and travel and coach." Mm. Yeah. I'm like, "What?" And they're like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Okay." So I tell Courtney, and she's like, "No way." I'm like, "Yeah." So we pack up the kids and we go back down to St. George, which we were excited about because we, yeah, we started our marriage in St. George. Like we loved it, so we were always. Looking for back a reason to come yeah, back. Yeah. So we come back and start the new jobs. And then quickly after that, we have a family reunion in Bear Lake, northern Utah. And I tell my family, like, hey, we're not going to be able to go because um, I just took on this new job. We have our first tournament that weekend. Like, I can't bail on the first tournament. Um, so sorry, like, we can't make – we never miss the family reunion. Like, yeah. family's number one. Like, And, and I think everybody that yeah. lives in Utah – has had a family reunion in Bear Lake. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you're, I think, I think it's true. family reunion town is what they should just yeah. change the name to. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, we, so we actually weren't going to go. And then that Friday rolls around and my wife, Courtney's like, Mace, you're going to be coaching all weekend. I'm just going to take the kids to the family reunion. They're going to love it. I'll be back Sunday. I'm like, yeah, sounds great. And then I tell her like, you should call my brother race. Cause race also lives in St. George. He's going to the same family reunion, obviously. And he's from Utah. Yeah. His name's Race. Exactly. Yeah. Another, and he has a kid yeah. named Ran. Well, my son's you name's Major. His son's name is Knox, you know? There and you go. Yeah. See, you guys so are with me. You, you, yeah. yeah. We can co-sign. So, we, uh, so she calls Race and it's like, hey, Mace can't go. Like, what are your plans? And they kind of have the same thing going. Race can go with his youngest son, Ryder. But his wife, Keisha, and, and their other kids can't go. So Race and Ryder go with my family to the family reunion. And then that Sunday on the way back, they were driving home. They're in Fillmore, Utah, which is about two hours away from St. George. Big dust storm kicks up, uh, blankets the highway, causes a 22-car pileup. It kills eight people, and five of them were my family. So everyone died except my son, Blue. Uh, He somehow survived the car accident. They pulled him out of the car. They flew, or yeah, they life flighted him to hospital at University of Utah. Um, I had to drive four hours to get there. I had to drive through the car accident to get there. Um, what were your thoughts the whole time driving? I mean, you're just kind of like just like it's not happening, and yeah, like the yeah. stages of grief all at the same time, like. Part of you is like in shock and denial. Yeah. Part of you is angry. Part of you is just depressed and crying. Part of you like accepted it and is like, Mace, we need to make phone calls. You need to get to the hospital. Like kind of the survivor guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was, dude, the, the, the stage of bargaining. I, I never experienced anything like that. Just making these bargains to God or whoever, just screaming, like, I'll do anything, take me, like, just going yeah. through that stage. 
And this kind of really is going all through all you're driving, or these are just well, stages I, that you went through. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't drive. I was in no condition to drive, so my buddy Jake drove me. Um, but yeah, I was screaming, crying one minute, dead silent the next minute, and just going all over the place. Mm. And kind of still am, if I'm being completely honest yeah. with you. I kind of am able to hide it better, but that's still kind of very much how it is in my head. It's very much shock, and some nights I just lay in bed like, no way. Like, I don't – how does that happen? Mm. Yeah, so that's that's what I would call my 10%, and then just been focusing on the 90% since then. Like, yeah. Like, okay, Mace – now this what? yeah this happened yeah what are you gonna do yeah you, you're gonna lay in bed the rest of your life and just drink yourself to death and numb the pain and never Is talk that about what you them? were doing early on oh yeah I, it's just alcohol I alcohol don't even, yeah it was wake up whiskey um <clears throat> you know i I do pride myself on I always made sure blue was okay yeah like he was at a sitter with grandma or someone. And then I would just check out um, lots of drinking, lots of Xanax, um, marijuana. Just run from it. Couldn't yeah. do, couldn't deal with it. Yeah. So, yeah. And then I don't even know. I don't have like the moment. It's like, oh, like this is where I turn it around. But yeah. I just I went to therapy and that helped. Starting like to talk what, about a couple it. months, a couple months, six months, a year after, like what was the, I honestly, I don't know. It may have been a month. It may have been five months when I went to the first therapist and I hated it. Yeah. Cause my, well, my, is, my, is, is it because you're just like you, you can't help me cause you don't know what I went through. It, there, is it that there type was, of situation? Or? There was definitely that. Yeah. Like you don't understand. Yeah. Like, you didn't lose a kid. You didn't lose yeah. a spouse. You didn't lose it. And just fuels you with anger, but like that's victimhood though. Like if, if you go down that path, what you're really saying is no one can give me advice. No one can help me because no one knows what it's like. So just leave me alone and let me be miserable. And, and yeah, it's not good. But I, I think my initial problem with therapy was, and I'd even tell my therapist this, like just really angry. I'd be like, are, are we going to get my family back at the end of this therapy session? No. Then what are we doing? Like, what are we doing then? Yeah. What's the point? I, that's just kind of how I saw it for a very long time. And I went through, I don't know, four or five therapists. And then I, I get to this one therapist named Matt Quackenbush and I do the same thing to him as I did all the other ones. I tell him the night of the accident, I tell him I don't want to live. And then I just stare at him. Like, what do you got for me? Yeah. Make it change. Yeah. And no one handled it well until Matt. So I, I say that to him. Like, I don't want to live. I don't want to die. I don't know what to do. And he looks at me and he's like, Mace, this car accident is not about you and it's not about Blue. And it pissed me off. Like, what mm -hmm. are you even talking about? But it made me think, like, it was different. I never heard that one before from a therapist. I'm like, okay. <clears throat> so I'm like listening. I'm like, what? Yeah. He's like, Mace, I've heard some terrible stories just like yours. And I got mad at him. And I said, I want to hear some. I, I didn't believe him. Like, I want to hear some. So he tells me, like, two or three stories. I'm like, okay, stop. Like, shit. He's like, yeah. Like, people are, you're not alone. Like, people are there yeah. with you. Like, there's some bad stories. Yeah. So I'm like, shit. And then he says, Mace, you can lay in bed the rest of your life and say, poor me, why me? And you can drink. And you can even kill yourself. I don't think anyone would blame you. And I was shocked with that one. I'm like, what is yeah. this guy saying? Like, do you have yeah. any idea how close, like, I'll do it just to, out of spite for you. Like, I'll do it. But then he follows all this up by saying, but Mace, this is an opportunity for you. As bad as it is and as much as it sucks, like, it is. Like, this is an opportunity for you. You can help so many people. And then he went through the list. He's like, Mace, tomorrow someone's going to lose a spouse. Someone's going to lose a brother. Someone's going to lose a, a son or a daughter, nephew, niece. You can help all of them. And... It wasn't like everything's better now and I'm going to be a public speaker now and everything's great. But it was, I remember walking out of there like a little more clarity. Like yeah. some of the darkness, I was able to see a little bit further down the road. Mm. Like it, it was better. It helped. 
And then that kind of led me into, well, if, if I'm going to help people, I need to do some self-help too yeah. and clean myself up a little bit. And so went down that road. Um, but, and, and I should have mentioned this earlier, but, you know, the therapy was great, but Blue, my son surviving, that was, yeah, that was the thing that kept me here. Like, yeah. if it wasn't for that, I'd be like, I'm out of here. How's yeah. he doing right now? Blue's doing amazing. He, uh, he's in kindergarten and I bought him a little dirt bike and he just putters around St. George <laughs> yeah. in the desert all day. And that kid, he, he kept me, he, I mean, I always tell people, it's not about happiness or joy. It's about purpose. Like you need to find a purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you have purpose, that's going to get you through most things, if not anything. And I had purpose with blue. Yeah. And then, yeah. so that carried me for a while. And then I met some other people and then I found the public speaking and then the podcasting and, um, met a great girl. I have a girlfriend now, Sammy, who's great. And just kind of slowly trying to get back up from this thing. Yeah. 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 So when, when other, like, do you get messages when other people are going through difficult things and people are like, Hey, I need help all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So do, do you ever worry about, you know, like with us and even having an Instagram, like people reach out for help and you're like, man, I hope I'm giving like the right advice in the right moment for people. Do you ever feel like having imposter syndrome, like giving advice to people that are going through difficult situations, even though you've you're more than qualified that great question. And yeah, I, but I'm very honest about it. Yeah. And even on my podcast, like I start every podcast, like, remember, I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) This is just my story. So like, I don't know. Yeah. But I tell people that all the time, but I think just the honesty people appreciate with me more than anything else. They just appreciate that I'm honest and, and open about it. But a lot of my answers back to these people are like, yeah, that sucks. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. And sometimes I think that's all they kind of, they just want to be heard and, yeah. and like, yeah, like, thank you. No, they're not alone. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I don't know how much great advice I give, but, um, I, I think it's more about being genuine and honest and showing up more than having something good to say. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're not expecting you in one message to just be like, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm good now. Like almost like the therapist, right? Like they're not going to be able to say anything in that moment to where the clouds completely part and you're like, okay, I'm good now. Like that's just not going to happen. But yeah, and I do think, and maybe it's not true for everyone, but I I remember I reached a point as I was going through therapy where I'm, I'm like, Cause at first it was, I can't do this. I just want to die. Mm-hmm. And then I moved into like, you could see it like, okay, this is actually doable. Like I can endure this. You can see it, but then it's the, the last step is, okay, I'm going to start that journey. Cause yeah. the journey is going to be hell. Yeah. Not good. And so part of you, a part of me for a long time was like, okay, I know it needs to be done. I know how to do it. I'm just not ready to do it. I yeah. want I want to be miserable. Yeah. And so I was in that phase for a while. Then I'm like, okay, it's time to like for my kid and for other people, like I gotta I gotta walk that path now. Yeah. Well, I think that message just right there will resonate with a lot of people because a lot of people yeah. know what they need to do. Yeah. They just have to put action behind it, which is the most well, difficult thing, right? Yeah, like I, I to face whatever it is that you need to face and and, yeah. and try to face it head on as much as possible. And that's why the the whole analogy with the buffalo and the cow is so good is you see the storm. Mm. Like you know like okay, it's here. And what are you going to be the buffalo or the cow type of thing? Yeah. And yeah, it took took me a while to like okay, I need to stop running from this thing. But tell like, the story for those that don't understand the buffalo and the cow, because there's probably yeah. many of our listeners that have never heard that. I'd never heard fa- of it either. Yeah, not, aren't familiar with it. Which is weird because I love the analogy yeah. so much. And I'm, so my, I actually got it from my dad. My dad, he, he went to a grief counseling class because, I mean, think of my dad, like lost his son, daughter-in-law, yeah. three grandkids, like so the pain he's going through. So yeah. he, he's like, he invited me actually. He's like, come to this grief counseling class with me. Like dad, I can't. Like, I can't commit Come to on. like a week. Like I'm not. Yeah. I don't know what I'm gonna be like next week. 
And I said, okay. And so, so he went to it yeah. and then he's, he's like, Hey, I went to that grief counseling class and I heard of this metaphor. I want to share it with you. And the metaphor is it's like Buffalo and cows. They both have the ability to sense when a storm is coming, like they can feel it happening and cows, when they sense that storm coming, they take off running the other way. They just run away from it. And that was, that was me. And if I'm being hundred percent honest, it still is me to some degree. Yeah. Like I have moments where sure there's days where you face, yeah. face it head on. And then there's days yeah. that you just curl up and I'm, just like, look, I don't want to fucking deal with it right now. Yeah. Very much a cow. And yeah. A, yeah. And still have a lot of work to do. And I think a lot of people are like that. Yeah, they run from yeah. the store. And I, I Everybody think, did. I mean, you know that you're a sports guy, like, growing up. Sports are great metaphors for this, but, like, if it's a small enough storm, you might be able to get away from it, actually. You can outrun <laughs> that thing. Yeah. Like, no, you can. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can find a way. But then yeah. a storm eventually in your life is going to catch you. Yeah. And now this medium-sized storm feels like a hurricane because you've had you've never been in a, any storm ever yeah so you're just like i don't know what to do i don't know how to handle this at all and then That's so true and then uh but yeah the, the cows man the storm always catches them and then the cows when the storm catches them they keep running yeah they keep running because their mindset is avoid the pain avoid the thunder and the lightning or the snow or whatever the type of storm is like, no, like, no, no, no. And they're so hell bent on that, that when they're experiencing it, they're just in denial now. Like, no, mm. we're still just going to run. And then they're in the storm way longer than they had to be. Well, they're just doing what they've always done, which yes. is run. This is right? all I know how to do. So never face adversity. Exactly. Don't even know who I am. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. And then the Buffalo, um, they have bad vision, so they have to wait a little bit longer than the cows to make sure the storm's close enough. But I know a lot of weird information about buffalo now. But yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> buffalo, when they see the storm, what's their mating call? I don't know about that. Oh, <laughs> no. I was gonna test you. You start squawking or something. I don't know everything. But <laughs> buffalo, when they see the storm, they head right into it. And it's important to understand that the buffalo are scared. Yeah. Probably more scared than the cow because they're seeing it and they're heading into it. And that's a very important part to understand. And that was me. Like, I could see it. But it's like, I don't know if I'm ready to head into that thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I know it, what needs to be done, but, like, that looks terrifying. And it is. And so you head into this thing and you start going to therapy and you start talking about it. And you, you open up that wound more and more because where the healing is and the growth is and all the good things that come from the trauma, it's in the exact same spot of where all the terrible, nasty stuff is too. Mm. And that's why the storm is a perfect analogy. Yeah. Like, yeah it's going to be hell, but there's it's the gold is in there. Yeah. You head into it. So Buffalo head into the storm and obviously the storm passes through them much quicker and, and they get to the other side and then they get to enjoy what the storm gave them, the fresh grass, fresh air or whatever, as the cows are still, still running from it. But, but my favorite part of the analogy is, is like if you run from your problems, you're only going to experience the bad parts of it because it's going to catch up to you. Mm -hmm. And when it does, it's only going to be the bad things. But if you can face it head on, you're still going to go through hell. It's not like the storm doesn't hurt you yeah. for some reason. Yeah. But what you get is what you find is the good parts of it. There's some yeah. form of empowerment and it, happening. Yeah. And it took me a long time to learn that with my traumas. Like, Mace, there's actually very beautiful things within this. And if you can face it head on, you can find it. You can get that. But if you're going to run from it, it you're just going to experience the storm and the bad weather and the hell. Hmm. And that's when the analogy really like connected with me is like, yeah, like, I'm always going to feel the pain. I'm always going to probably somewhat be in the storm the rest of my life. The pain's never going to go away. But if I can face it head on, I can learn from it. I can grow from it. I can help other people deal with their, their problems. I can be a better father to my son. I can still have all those things. Do you, um, I love that analogy, by the way. Um, and let's be real. 99% of motherfuckers are cows. You well, know even I mean? me, like, yeah, that's like, like, I, like, like, let's just we be all real. Are. Yeah, like, we like, all have things in our life. Like, know? yeah, I, I could be a little more of a buffalo in that yeah. aspect of my life. Well, there's sure. probably um, there's different types of storms that will hit. 
Yeah. Right. At different times in your life. Right. Whether it's health scare storms, whether it's financial storm, there's always going to be various different storms. Maybe some of them you do face head on like a buffalo. But what are the storms that you are avoiding that you know that you need to be running into that you are running from? Right. Because there's different areas of life and uh, and different struggles within side of those areas. Right. Yeah. And like there's no getting around this. Like it's going to suck. Yeah. And I, I don't know what else to tell you. And that that's what, there, there's no easy way to grow. There's no easy part of grief. It's going to be really shitty. But if you put yourself through it, you're going to grow, man. And mm-hmm. that's ultimately the one thing we all want, I think, the ability to keep growing and learning and changing. Um, if you're not doing that, I think that's the definition yeah. of hell, right? Like, yeah. um, how, how has it changed just kind of the way that you live on a day-to-day basis in terms of, you know, trying to find the moments that you can enjoy or like even when you're with your son, like, is there just that much deeper of a connection because you realize how fragile moments really are and how fragile life is? Yeah. I think just to start with that question, I'm very much a day-to-day guy now. Yeah. Don't even, I very rarely do I know what the date is. Very rarely do I know what day of the week it is. I don't really I don't know. I, it, I'm very much day to day and I appreciate so much now, mm-hmm. like every little second I get with my kid. I, like today, um, I one wheeled here on my one wheel yeah. and I'm on the sidewalk and I'm weaving in and out of just traffic cruising. and I'm just loving every aspect of it. Yeah. I, I used to care what people would think yeah. like before the accident, I would never one wheel in front of people on a busy sidewalk. That sounds awful. Well, like, we were talking about the public speaking yeah, thing too and, that you do. And like and now, you said back in the day oh, in school, like don't put me in front of people. Like if you were to tell me you're going to have a podcast yeah. where you talk about your feelings all the time, I'm like, yeah. what are you talking like, about? Fuck like, off. That, like, no. Yeah. And just the freedom of not really caring that much about the perspective of other people. Mm. I mean, I do to some degree, but, and then like money, I don't get it anymore. Like, why do people love money so much? Like I, like, so that really spun me around for a new one. Like, I don't get why people just want all the cool stuff and money. I don't get it. I just really can't even relate to it. Um, so yeah, there's been a lot of things that I've gone through that I couldn't, I don't know if I'd get this perspective any other way. And I love that part. So did you have a high, um, did you ever have a place high value on money prior? And then now all of a sudden your perspective is different about it. Well, and I think and what, what do you value now, you know, over time, money time? Yeah. Time dude. Like, like, and not just time, but like, I'm okay. Like here's another example. I remember we planned a trip to Destin, Florida and we get a 24 hour layover. Yeah. The old Mason would have, it would have ruined the trip. Yeah. I'd be emailing <laughs> complaints. How, and, but it's still Trevor but would, yeah, that would they tell me like, yeah, yeah, but they tell yeah. me like, Hey, sorry, flights delayed, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we just, I'm like, okay, like we get to be it in there. We get to be in the airport today with my son blue, with my girlfriend, Sammy. That's pretty cool. Like, what can we do in the airport? What? And that's really just, it's very bizarre. Like I'm just appreciative of whatever moment I'm in, in that time. And I never used to, I never used to be that way. And, but like, dude, and and so this is a shitty thing though, guys like, okay, I'm just listing all the stuff I love about me now that I didn't used to have. And then that makes me feel really shitty. I have a lot of guilt with that. Like, Oh, so you're happy that your family died. Like, well, no, not at all. And so it's like, well, what are you saying then? Yeah. And then it gets very confusing. Yeah. And I hate myself and I just want to, yeah, it gets dark very quick and you just ride that roller coaster of grief and you yeah. go from into the denial, into the bargaining again, into the anger, into the, and then you get to the acceptance guy again. And I appear normal to people yeah. for a little bit until I spin out of that one. So yeah. it's very yeah. like, I hope I'm not painting a picture that I just figured out life and I know what I'm doing. Like, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing, but Mason's I, a life coach. Yeah. Hit him up no, on not, for me. Life coaching. not for me. But how yeah. much, uh, how much do you, feel like things are meant to happen, you know, to people now, you know what I mean? Like well, there's the old like saying feel, that they do, doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. Well, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I just Matt, wonder, Matt Blanchard loves that one. Yeah. Yeah. But Which I, just I don't want, love, I don't like that. 
yeah. that thought. But yeah, well, I just wonder how much like going through all of that, right? Like, like Blue was meant to survive and be this resilience for you to maybe you know help with your healing, and then you're gonna be able to help with his healing, and like yeah. so. Like, the, I think about these things as I'm hearing your story. I'm like, man, like, like you know, there there is obviously a lot of gifts in it, right? But it's yeah. like, like, are we all just living our lives and our choices really dictate where we go in the world and, and in our life? Or do you feel like, man, this was just like, I was picked to, to go through this. Like it was kind of part of my plan down here. Right. Like, do you ever just have those thoughts? Yeah, I think, cause sometimes your, your thoughts like, okay, just, just the probability of it. Yeah. Like what, like just the chances of my family being in that spot behind that truck and that time with like, so, like, just that kind of makes you think, like, was it supposed to happen? Like, you can't help yeah. have those thoughts sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I tr- – and it's funny that you're asking this because I, I do some writing some, some mornings when I wake up because mornings are really hard. And Anyway, I was writing, and I was talking about this. And I, and I, I don't remember exactly what I wrote, but it, it was to the effect of, like, a lot of people think everything happens for a reason. Yeah, I don't think that. I think good things happen to bad people. Bad things happen to good people. There's not a whole lot of rhyme or reason to it. I think life's just a weird combination of order and chaos. Yeah. And I think what we do sometimes is, because I've done this, like, okay, public speaker now. I've gotten dozens of messages from people. You saved my life. You changed my life. It's like, okay, I lost five people, but let's just say I've saved 10 people. Yeah. And you start to do these games in your head. Like maybe yeah. it was supposed to be. And then maybe Jesus and everything, I get to see my family and it, it everyone wins and it's just yeah. a happy story. And yeah. it's very easy to, to do that. But I honestly think to my core, it's order and chaos. There's not a whole lot of rhyme and reason to anything. And just because you handle something well and you have 20, like, like 2020, right? Like after the, the bit, hindsight, yeah, hindsight, hindsight's yeah, 2020, yeah, yeah. it's easy to look back and be like, it was meant to happen. Like, no, just because you handled it well doesn't mean it was supposed to happen. Because you're trying yeah. to turn a, a negative into a positive yeah. any way that you possibly can, naturally you might start saying, well, maybe that was. Exactly. So, and I've, I've yeah, done that yeah. too, but I, yeah. I really think like gotcha. I could have just not handled this well and killed myself. Yeah. That very well could have happened. Yeah. And that and that does happen. We just don't hear those stories. Then you would you? You say don't invite that, those people on your you, podcast. Yeah. Would you, yeah. <laughs> would you then say that that was that person's destiny because I that's wouldn't. the way that they handled yeah, exactly. that? Right. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. that's how I see it. Is like, dude, like you actually didn't have to get a divorce, or your kid actually didn't have to die. Yeah. You just handled it well, or you learned from it, and and now you have this cool perspective. But you could have been a better husband from the get go. Yeah. Or, you know what, like it did. That's just how I see it. I don't think it had to happen, but it happened. Let me yeah. ask you this. What's your, um, you know, you said you served a mission. Yeah. Yeah. So you were, you know, good, good Mormon boy. And are you still yeah, a, a, a church going weekly guy or did that change you or did your relationship with God completely change? Uh, like talk, talk a little bit about that because I think that that's super important because when something tragic happens in somebody's life usually they either go a thousand percent into religion yeah. or spirituality or whatever or you know sometimes it tears them apart away from that right and so i'm interested to hear your perspective on that yeah so i i would i, I was very uh christian lds yeah believe in god prayed every night i don't i don't I don't, I don't believe in that type of God. I don't believe in the Christian God with like a beard, like not going to help you guys with starvation, but I'll help Jenny find her car keys. Like I struggle with that guy, but like, Oh, so when you're saying when somebody says, when they say a prayer to help me find my car keys and they pop up and they're like, oh, I said a prayer. So my keys popped up. Yeah. But then you're saying there's still kids that are starving to death. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. It's that one's hard. Yeah. Like people, oh, God saved my life. I'm like, well, I, I wonder why he didn't save my family's life. I wonder, I don't know. <laughs> like not, so I struggle with that. Yeah. But like, I think, uh, like if you want to talk about higher power and how God is in all of us and yeah. 
all of us together, humanity, unity is God. Yeah, I think those are beautiful conversations I have. Um, but honestly, like, I, I fell in love with Stoicism. Yeah. So that's kind of closest thing I have to religion. And Stoicism is basically focus on what you can control. And I'm a day-to-day person, so I'm just going to focus on what I can control today, which is usually my thoughts and my actions. Mm-hmm. If there's a third one, let me know. But I, that's basically all you have control of. And that that's all I, that's what I put most of my focus and energy and time into is being a good person, trying to help other people, basically trying to be like Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. Even though I don't know. If, yeah. Like, yeah. So did that all change after the accident? Were oh, you guys, yeah. So, I mean, so, so you guys were all you, you church going weekly up yeah. until that point, And then after that, it was I mean, kind of like, I, I need to shift. I don't I my mean, perspective. I have no idea where you guys are at with any of this yeah. stuff. So I don't want to like, yeah, you're I mean, you guys can believe whatever you want, but yeah. I, I probably about two years before the car accident. Uh, I was like, I would read church history stuff and mm-hmm. I went down those paths and like, okay, this isn't. Made making, you start questioning yeah, like, things. Yeah. I don't know about this, but I have such a good life. I love yeah. it. Yeah. So I, I just kind of kept my mouth shut and like, okay. <laughs> just kept showing up and as then, that person. Yep. Yeah. And then your, your whole world, role. your yeah. whole world gets blown up and you don't really care what people think. And then I just say what I think and it is what it is now. And that's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah. But, but I, I mean, I mean, I'm not a religious guy. I mean, I don't, I don't go to church every week or well, ever. Well, I, I, um, but I am, I, I do believe in God and I do believe yeah. that, you know, there is a higher power. Um, and that's, th- this is a, a new thing for me that I'm just exploring within the last year or two because yeah. my higher power at one point was just money. <laughs> you know, it was like, dude, I want to get rich and I want to make a bunch of money and then made a bunch of money. And it was like, okay, there has to be something bigger than just this. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that's a journey that I'm on as well, and but I, I do believe in God. And I do want to like, and I've had people on my podcast that have been through terrible stuff Yeah, and their relationship with God is everything to them and mm-hmm. gets them through it. And like, yeah, like, that's awesome. And it's just not for me. It, yeah. it doesn't help me. It doesn't make sense to me. So I don't put my time and energy into that. I put it into something that I feel helps me. It speaks well. to you. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not for me, man. Yeah. Everybody's a little bit different. And I, and I think yeah. that's what's important is, are you doing the things that speak to you, not playing the role, which is what you were saying a couple of years prior to the accident, right? Just because you showed up in the world a certain way, for a certain period of time, you kept showing up in the world that same way because it's just like, oh, this is how I've always done it. And then you said after the accident, kind of, I didn't care anymore, right? It gave yeah. me permission to kind of explore other things, right? And so I think I think more people need to be true to what they feel, yeah. what, what makes them better versus just showing up in a certain way because they've always showed up in that way. And that's the only way that they know. Right? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's well said, man. And, and dude, I honestly think I'm not trying to be the peacemaker here or anything. I honestly truly think we're, it's all the same, whether it's a God or like we all, we're all basically doing the same thing. Like yeah. we're, we're trying to learn, we're trying to be better. We're trying to be nice to other people. Like we choose different vehicles to do that with, but I think we're all after the same thing. So I don't know how much peace, it even matters. Peace and fulfillment, I guess, yeah. is what every human on the planet is seeking. And every human on the planet seeks for peace and fulfillment under different rocks. You know, whether it's the money rock, whether yeah. it's, you know, smoking weed, whether it's, you know, being the surfer at the beach. You know, that's where they find their, everybody finds peace a little bit differently. But yeah. at the end of the day, you know, don't stop searching until you actually find that rock where your piece is underneath it, right? There's there's an activity, there's something that um, will bring everybody, I believe, a level of peace. Yeah. Where literally when they're doing that, that's all they're doing. You know, for it could be basketball. When you're playing basketball, you're just in it, playing basketball. And that maybe brings you peace in that moment where you're not thinking about anything but what you're doing, right? Yeah. And I think that there's an activity on the planet for every human being that they could do that will bring them some form of peace while they're doing that thing. Now, the question is, is trying to find it 
outside of that thing. (laughs) That's a whole nother, that's a whole nother story, right? Yeah. Um, No, that was well said though. Yeah. You should run for governor or something. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I live in Virgin, Utah and it's a town of 900 people. So I think I'm going to, I'll, I'll try mayor. You you got my, well, you got to move to Virgin first, bro. Maybe I'll put a spot on my property and give you an address just to there buy a boat you know it's kind of like what you talked about in the very beginning though it's like comes back to purpose right? yeah yeah if someone's purpose involves the money rock right and they're like oh, i can make a difference or you know yeah. if, if that's their purpose or whatever it's like you know like sure. that's their thing right but so if yeah. i feel like if you find your your purpose you know like find more of that peace right in whatever oh, it is sure. that you're doing every day yeah but so how do people connect with you if they want to connect with you? I mean, obviously you have a very powerful story, powerful perspective, um, life ups and downs, lefts and right. Still, you know, as he said, he's not, you know, Buddha fucking over yeah. here. You know, he's still, I don't know he, what's going on. So. Yeah. Well, dude, yeah. I mean, but you're, you're like, it is an incredible story. And honestly, yeah. dude, like I sat here and thought about it as you're telling it, I was like, man, how hard would it be to tell the story over and over and over again? Right. Cause yeah. you're being a Buffalo. You're not being, you're facing it. You're talking about it. It takes a lot of courage to do that, dude. And and it it helps a lot of people. Does that that help you, you know, speaking about it, continuing to talk about their life and their legacy, or does that, does that bring up pain every single time? Or is there different times where it does bring one and then other times it brings the other? So I I think it's both. Yeah. Like I was talking about earlier, it hurts, but I also, f- I, I never feel the love and as close to them as I do when I'm talking, like public yeah. speaking. And I just kind I of love feeling that. their spirit almost a little bit there. And listen, like opening up and talking about it is hard, mm-hmm. but um, I, I have to, like, I need it. It's, if anything else, it's for me. Like, so when I get done with a speaking gig or a podcast, like, if you didn't like it, like, okay, but I needed to say that. Yeah. And I really think it's just like, I need to talk about it almost like brushing your teeth or eating like on a daily. Repetitively. Cause like I'll talk about it and feel great and I won't talk about it for a few while. Yeah. And then the anger and, and it, it starts to boil and then I need to talk about it. Mm. And if I don't, um, the power diff- of communication, different parts of me will, will I guess it's communicate the pain for people that haven't gone through something, a loss like that. It's like easy for them to think like, Oh my gosh, it'd be so hard to talk about it every day. But that yeah. just put in perspective so yeah. much of, how you feel closer to them doing it. So would you advise somebody that did go through something difficult that is experiencing a lot of pain and they haven't been able to find even moments? I'm not saying that you're just found peace altogether, but moments of peace, would you say that or encourage them to talk about what it is that they're going through and talk about their pain because that may bring them some sort of solace? Yeah, that that's one of uh, the parts of 1090 that, I talk about um, is talking about it, man. It, yeah. it, it changed my life. Talking about it is important, I think, because accepting it is, is really hard. It's mm-hmm. just hard to accept. And acceptance is an everyday thing. You have to yeah. wake up and accept it. And if you can communicate it, if you can talk about it, that's a form of acceptance. Mm. So after you talk about it now, okay, am I going to be a victim with it or am I going to use it for good? Like you can decide what you're going to do with it after, but you at least have to talk about it. To make it real. Giving so, your pain purpose rather than yeah. just pain to be in pain and bearing that. And, and then, dude, like the other thing, I know we're, we want to wrap up, but I no, think this is important. Good. Like another reason why it's so hard to talk about is you're very confused and, yeah. and you don't even know how to talk about it. Like, I'm really angry. I, I want to die. But there's another, there's another part of you. I don't want to die at all. I want to live for them. Mm. I want to make them proud. Yeah. And so you have all these different emotions attached. You don't even know it's the same coin, how but to two say different it. sides. Yeah. And that I was stuck. Like, I don't even know how I'm feeling about it. I don't even know where to start. Mm. And that's a whole thing too, is it's hard, man. It's hard to communicate how you feel. It's just moment by moment. So it's yeah. hard to say, well, this, I feel this way, but then you feel like that you're lying because Yesterday, you felt this way about it, exactly. right? Yeah. So it's just like, oh, well, how do I feel? Because I feel this way sometimes and this way sometimes. And I remember one time yeah. I had so much guilt because I, I was feeling good. Like, yeah. I'm getting all these cool messages and people are like, oh, the, oh, thank you. Thank you. And I was feeling good. And I I messaged my therapist. I'm like, hey, I need to have a session. And I go in and talk to him like, Matt, like, I love it. I love that I can help people. I love that. 
but then I hate it too. Like, I, mm. how can I ever love it? Yeah. And he's like, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. And he's like, Mace, it's both. It's yeah. both. You can love it and you can hate it at the exact same time. And it's going to be like that for you probably forever. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's and like, like, there's like light and dark to everything. Yes. World, and it's just man. like, it like, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Dude, if I've learned anything through my own therapy stuff, dude, it's like our thoughts, you know, it's, they take practice too, man. Yeah. Our communication, it takes do. practice too, dude. It's like, just like you were training all these kids to practice exactly. in basketball. Yeah. It's like, man, like every day you're waking up and it's just more practice on, on your thoughts I mean, and like your feelings and your, the time and energy we put on the outside, like the cool tattoos and do your hair and LASIK eye surgery and straighten your teeth and yeah. hit the gym. But we don't do anything for the inside. Like we, yeah. I mean, very little do we ever yeah. venture in there and know yeah. what we're doing and so exercise true. it. And yeah, well, you're we putting you're it. putting those things. You're doing those things because you want a certain feeling on the inside. That's yeah. why you're getting this and getting the cool, t- getting this and getting that. You know, because you're you're searching for that feeling on the inside. Yeah, I like. But that. you're searching it in all the wrong places. Yeah. Right. And so, I mean, let's be real. The only reason why we do something is because we're hoping that it makes us feel a certain way. Right. We take a vacation because we want to change our state and we want to feel a certain way. Yeah. We buy that shirt. I rolled up my sleeves because I felt <laughs> fucking cooler rolling we're, up we're, my we're, sleeves. We're, we're right. Like, like that. Isn't I mean, that the truth? It looked cooler. dude. Yeah. It so. looked fucking cooler. And it, it felt does, cooler. It does so I was looking cool. for a feeling. Okay. Yeah. Like that's uh, part of the game, man. And then, you know, and then like, how, how, like when's the last time you guys cried? Like when's the last time? Like mm. I'm talking like tears it's out of your eyes. Within the last month. Oh, um, yeah, I don't. This do is like that. a question you don't even no, ask, guys. No, no, it's all good. You know, yeah. we're we're very open people. Um, well, I, I I do struggle with crying, but I lost my dad literally a little over a month ago, like six yeah. weeks ago, and it's like Jesus, it's dude. weird how it hits you. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. oh man. Okay, let me ask you because I feel there's something about crying. Yeah, like when I. When I'm feeling shitty and I cry, I it's like the whole throwing up analogy. Like yeah. you feel so much better after. I think there's something about a release. just cry, like just cry. And people ask me like, "What yeah. do you do when you feel hopeless?" Like I just, I cry yeah. for a long time, and then you walk as you cry, you keep going. But yeah, I think there's just something about letting yourself sit in those emotions and work on it and try to talk about it. And it's scary and yeah. it's really vulnerable. And yeah. But I think that that's the storm. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's scary. Yeah. Sitting in that, man, is like its own form of practice. And, yeah. you know, like I, I had all these anger issues. Not that I don't get angry anymore, but it's like he gave me this exercise to go inside and like literally write out all these things on every little phase of this anger from the activating event all the way to the effect afterwards. And so, like, I did that for years and it like it worked in so many ways. But then there's this whole other level of stuff, right? It's like, okay, well... Now there's other thoughts or different feelings or shit that like you've got to figure out like how you're going to deal with those things and then create some practice around that, you know? And it's just, uh, it's just, there's always levels to it. You game one thing and there's a whole nother thing. (laughs) Like I'm back in therapy right now working on some personal shit that I'm like, holy shit, man. Like I didn't even know that this was a thing until me and my wife started talking about a thing. And now it's like, fuck it. I want to work on that thing, you know? And so yeah. it's there's like, always things. There's always things <laughs> to work on. I, uh, yeah. I'm sorry about your dad though. Yeah. That's yeah. not Thanks, a good man. deal, man. Yeah. That's that tough. It is dude. So give it a good cry. That's the answer. Yeah. That's what I would do. Well, it's like people go and drink ayahuasca and do all this stuff to feel a purge. And that's just, yeah. it's probably its own form of a purge and a release that you just need to. Yeah. Well, to our body's built grow. perfectly, right? It's mm-hmm. built perfectly. I believe that, you know? And so it's, if that's like a, a, a lever that we pull release, like a release valve, right? Yeah. To, to be able to feel whatever that burden is that we're currently feeling or something that's heavy. It's weighing on you, right? Pull that release valve, yeah. let it out, and feel better afterwards. I don't yeah. cry enough, dude. I need to cry more. Yeah, you, you should know? cry. Dude. I cry at funerals, and that's about it. Like that's good. You know, maybe you know, once every two or three years. Or yeah, I, I just I think crying, talking about it, and then yeah. helping other people. So yeah. that those have been the three things that 
have helped me get through this. So, yeah. I think that's everybody's purpose, to be quite honest with you, because if everybody was was focused on helping other people, the world would be a pretty badass place, right? But most people are worried about figuring out a way to help themselves, right? Accept help, give help. Yeah. Yeah. It's a challenge. No doubt. So how do people connect with you if they want you to, you know, speak at an event or? Uh, We have a website, uh, the 1090 I don't know. I don't know. I never really go on it. And you don't know what day it is. You guys already heard them earlier. I think it's day it's, by day. It's Thursday. It's Thursday. I don't know what, <laughs> like October something though. I don't know. Getting it, close to Halloween. 26. <laughs> See, you guys don't know either. 26th? Third? Sixth. Um, <laughs> My son's birthday today. Oh, for real? Yeah. But most people just reach out to our 1090 Instagram, 1090 rule. So is it like just straight 1090? Is it underscore or any of that shit? 1090 rule. Well, it's the number 10. Okay. And then you spell out 90. And then rule. rule. And then you, they send a direct message. That's yeah, kind of just, how they get a hold of you or communicate just with you. DM me like, hey, uh, can you come speak to our high school or to our company or whatever? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the uh, real business can owner community will. There you uh, go. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll show on you one. Do you do one on ones? I should start charging for one on one. Yeah, you should. Yeah, you should, bro. I don't know. You know, yeah. like, some, dude, sometimes you just got to keep. I got five of them, dude. So yeah, it's kids like, are because they, they don't listen to, your, they to they the parents. They don't listen to me, yeah. man. I'm like, sometimes I have the greatest talk with her. I'm like, God, oh, that one had to have sunk in. But like, she's been struggling lately. So I'm like, yeah. at least you walk through. I told Kayla, I was like, I want you to take her to like an orphanage in Ecuador. Like I know people, she needs done, a perspective you know what I mean? shift. She does. Thing, yeah. Yeah. Just an anchor experience, yeah. just shifting, they shifting think we want perspective. Punishment. We're just like, yeah. we just want to love them. You yeah. Know? <laughs> can't spank, you can't, you can't spank, spank perspective into them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't think it's possible. So I'm going to follow your page right now. Cause I'm yeah. like, dude, I don't follow 1090. Well, I'm gonna do it right yeah. Now. I should yeah. follow you guys. Yeah. It'd be cool, dude. Jeez Louise, totally be friends. Um, guys, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, Please share it with somebody that you feel as though will get value, somebody that may be struggling. Reach out to Mason if you want him to speak or if you have something to share with him or if he can shine light on something that you're currently going through. Other than that, guys, keep kicking ass. We'll see you next week. Thanks, guys.